witnesses. You know, we know that they were living to seven, eight, nine hundred, a thousand years. I mean, this was pretty common and normal. Yeah. But then yeah. it all changed. And now, in, if you think back just, you know, 50 years back, uh, 75 years back, the average ex- expansion of life 100 years ago was probably in the 50-somethings. I mean, it wasn't real high. It's increased greatly over the last 100 mm-hmm. years. You know, it's, it's, we continue to build. Yeah. Now the average expectancy for women, I think, is about 80 or so, 80, 81, something like that. It ranges year to huh. year. And men is about a year and a half early because women drive men crazy. And so we, we generally check out a little earlier, but that's pretty normal. I mean, come on. You know? So in any event, uh, what about this, uh, this business It's mutual, here? Malcolm. It's mutual. Yeah, it's mutual. But why are you all living longer then? Don't give me that mutual. I mean, you drive us crazy, Missy Crutchfield. That's why we check out early. We say, well, just give us some peace. God, take me early, please. I want out of here. Well, the big question on everyone's mind, it's a gender thing, or is it? World peace, religion, sex, money, politics, climate change, big business, big ideas, and big egos. Nothing is off limits. As I'm joined by some of the most accomplished and highly opinionated women from the far left, the far right, and the far reaches of the planet. This is Malcolm Out, and you're listening to Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Pleasure. When you woke up this morning, did you consider to yourself, how long will you live? How long will your life be? You know, have you thought about that? Do you live another year? Do you live another 10 years, another 10 days? Maybe another 50 years, maybe another 100 years? What, where, where does this all expire for each of us? Does that question come to your mind? I know it does me. I think about that often enough that, uh, of course, it's not about the dying. We all fear dying, don't we? I mean, human beings, a lot of people do. Maybe not all of us, but I think a lot of people. Maybe fear is the wrong word. But it's not exactly on our bucket list or our checklist today. Oh, I think I want to die today. <laughs> it doesn't really come to you that way. But what if you could live to be? A thousand years old. You know, if you remember back in the Bible, if you read Genesis, they were living. They were living that old. They were living to seven, eight, nine hundred years old. I've kind of thought of that often. I said, well, what happened that we started to live a shorter life, you know? So here we are. Can you live to a thousand? Can you live to 150? Things are progressing. I mean, could scientists one day make us immortal? Is that possible? There's a lot of interesting scientific things here. You ever hear of cryonics? Cryonics? Well, it's the process of suspending us in a frozen state until a remedy can be discovered that can bring us back and uh, thaws out and cures, almost like a piece of beef. Speaking of beef, I would like you to meet our co-host today, Missy Crutchfield is here. And uh, <laughs> Missy, I thought that would be a great introduction. She is co-founder of Gandhi's Bee Magazine and of Gandhi Global Center for Peace. And of course, she is a vegan, and I, I kid her all the time, of course, but uh, that was uh, uh, an easy one, Missy. You have to get me there. So Shauna Peters joins us. She's an inner world explorer and guide, intuitive natural health practitioner, Dr. Faye Wilson is here. She's an author, inspirational speaker, ordained minister, and underdog advocate. And Dr. Faye also has a fabulous show called The Energy Bar, 11 a.m. 
Eastern Standard Time on America Out Loud and uh, intentional on the weekends on Sunday. You will absolutely enjoy. So check those out, please. All right, ladies, here we are. So listen, I often say to folks, I'm going to live to be over 100 just to stay around and give you all a hard time. And, of course, people typically mm-hmm. applaud that for the most part. Of course, those that don't probably like me, probably that's not a word of encouragement maybe, huh? <laughs> but what if we could create our destination, how long we're going to live? Like, um, you know, uh, you hear these stories. Some of them are, they sound like scientific movies almost. I want to bring you to this particular column we were reading in the New York Post that scientists could one day make us immortal. Very, very interesting. Let me start here. In 1967, on January 12th, James Bedford, a psychology professor at Glendale College in California, well, he was di- died of cancer, but he took his first step toward coming back to life. On that day, the professor became the first person ever frozen in, in cryonic suspension, embedded in liquid nitrogen at minus 321 degrees Fahrenheit. That has got to be pretty cold, ladies, I have to tell you. I'll tell you, that's what comes through my mind, Shauna Peters, is how cold is that? Well, that's cold, I mean, if you're being frozen in suspension. Now, evidently, we've been doing this, as I just read to you, the first person, 1967. I don't know how many people, as a whole, have been put into this state up to now, Shauna, but clearly... There are, this is, this is a growing trend where people want to, you know, save themselves for when they're going to be cured because we're finding cures all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you have the choice, Shauna, right now that you could be frozen in this suspension, would you, would you do it? I, I, I mean, obviously I've heard about this, but I've never considered it. No, I don't look at the process of death as the end of life. So it doesn't bother me to make that passageway into another state of being um so this has never really crossed my mind as wow. something i would actually do i'd love to hear from the other well that's wild here i love, I love the thinking. way you open that up i love the way you open that up because <laughs> yeah, yeah. you're just you, that's you, right away you put it out there and say hey you know you know I, i've interviewed some interesting people in this forum of discussion shauna uh there was um so really interesting people over the years in both television and radio. It's a topic that I'm very, very curious in. It always, it always intrigues me. Uh, Missy, talk to me on this. And same question that Shauna just answered. So, you know, hey, I mean, this, this isn't really a question that I'm questioning your faith. That's not what I'm kind of doing, although I love Shauna's response. It kind of whacks you back in the head to say, well, no, I, <laughs> I've got a little higher program going on here. I'm okay. Yeah. Thank you very much. Okay, fine. Uh-huh. Cool. So she seems to be okay with that. So, Missy, Mm. if you had the chance to to go into this, uh, again, cryonic suspension and be frozen at minus 321 degrees with the idea that they're going to bring you back at some point because they're going to solve your problem, would you take it? No. Absolutely not. I mean, it's it it goes against everything really that that I believe humans in our deepest senses is telling us to do to embrace our purpose to embrace life. So when you do something like that, when you embrace an idea like that, you're saying I, I don't know, I'm not I'm not happy I can't deal with something as if something that you can't deal with now is miraculously in the future, you're going to wake up and, and be able to deal with it. It just may be, you know, the devil, you know, <laughs> I don't know. But I don't, I don't want to, to just 
pop up into another into another world and 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 like Shauna I'm not I'm not afraid of the 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 future I mean we all have things that that scare us from time to time but we're in a in a culture of youth worship and in a state a living state of fear our media everything tells us you know fear you do this out of fear we're not making choices out of love and compassion so I want to be part of an ongoing from this moment forward conversation and awakening life that helps people understand and helps me embrace at a deeper level compassion and life and enjoying this moment mm, wow i yeah. almost want to stand up and applaud you for that uh wow that is really well said you you uh i mean you two are really you and shauna put it right out of the gate uh, so dr faye um i maybe you'll surprise me with your answer i thought it was fairly predictable what you would say so i i <laughs> saved you for last because i didn't want the predictable but clearly i'm going to ask you now potentially maybe you'll be unpredictable tell me what you think of that question please well, certainly, I don't want to be frozen and to be brought back. I believe that we've been given this opportunity to live life to the full, to the overflow, and that people, I think people who want to be frozen feels that there's this is all that there is, mm -hmm. and if you don't think that there's something greater beyond this, then you're trying to hold on to this, and then what are you holding on to? If the world is going to hell in a handbasket, like everybody thinks that it is, and it's politically and religiously all in an upheaval, mm -hmm. do you think a thousand years from now is going to be a better place? And well, then what are you coming back for? That is interesting. That, thank you for saying what you just said, because actually, Dr. Faye, that's what worries me. So, all right. So listen, if you were put into this frozen state, right, and what I would worry about more so is what you would be waking up to. Yeah. I just can't imagine what would happen mm -hmm. when they wake mm -hmm. you up and what the planet would look like then. It's kind of scary, isn't it? Yeah. Right. Right. And and what are you calling life? Mm -hmm. What what quality of life are you having now that make you want to come back to that same thing? You're not going to come back to anything better. That's for sure. I don't believe that. I believe that if we embrace, like Missy and Shauna have already said, if we embrace what we have right now and have this communication, this fellowship, this conversation with each other on a daily basis and live life to the full from within, we're not thinking about trying to freeze it. We just want more of the same as yeah. we have it now. Yeah. Live, yeah. live, live until you die. That's what I believe. Live, live until, until you can't you die. Yeah, that could be a song sang by the Beatles. You know, live until you die. <laughs> I think they're already dead. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was live and let be, wasn't it? <laughs> so, not live until you die. It's good. It's good. It's a good lyric. Um, well, it's interesting that you say that, but you kind of got me suspicious a little bit because you just said to me, oh. Doctor Faye, just now, as I wind back the tape in my mind you were mm -hmm. saying that when you would wake up that it would not be a good place you were pretty convincing i don't remember the exact words you just said but you were mm -hmm. convincing us that it would not be a good place right yeah i am i am convinced Convince. because i can look back over okay. over time right. and i can see because of sin and because of the nature okay. of people's hearts well i want to call yeah. you on this now because okay, i'm going to call you on this because okay. in previous conversations at previous moments and in previous times you have convinced me and convinced millions of other people in your conversations 
that mm -hmm. as an optimist that it was going to be a better future, that the, we were optimistically going to make it better 10 years from now, 20 years from now, that you were really looking forward to a better, brighter, bigger world just ahead, that it wasn't going to be doom and gloom. Mm -hmm. So if it is going to be the world you painted out previously, why wouldn't you want to come back for that world? And why did you just no, paint such a bleak no. picture? Because I'm an optimistic because I'm here, <laughs> because you're here, because we're doing what we're doing. And I come from a place that as long as I can continue to have a consciousness of light within myself and teach others the same, I can only be who I am while I'm here. I get that. And uh, yeah, I get that too. But, you're, but what I'm getting, I, but this is a big point because you are trying to be an yeah, optimist. I get that. It. Well, I'm calling you on it because I don't think mm -hmm. you really believe it. Mm -hmm. I don't think what you've just Which convinced. Part? Well, I'll Which tell part? you right now, what you've just convinced me of is that you're not possibly, potentially, as optimistic about the future of mankind as you have, as you have uh, professed on previous uh, conversations. I just, I, I think this is important because it you is. just, you just kind of put out a couple of times now that it's not good, Malcolm. What I see ahead, sin and this and that, and you just painted out all these bleak things. Like mm -hmm. almost like a blockbuster movie of scientific mm -hmm. proportions, and now I'm just wondering, where are you really? Are you? I mean, I, I, if you're going to be really honest with us at yeah. this moment of time, mm -hmm. is it really that? Oh, I'm the optimistic one. That listen, mankind has got this thing licked. We're going to do some cool things ahead. Let's go do it. Or is it that I'm a little suspect, kids? I think we're going down some wrong Maybe roads. I, I think Malcolm. I think I like many people, but let's just deal with Faye. And I think in blocks of time, I think in my lifetime, and I think in my, my nieces or nephews' lifetime, what do I see farther down the road? Because we haven't talked about a thousand years from now. We haven't had that conversation. Today is the day we're having that conversation. So when I'm being optimistic, I'm think being optimistic in my lifetime and what I see in the immediate future. I think life has a way of turning curves and corners that we have happier days and then we have days that are not so happy. So in that moment that where I am sitting, when I can see in my lifetime, because I know from within myself, life is getting better. I can be more optimistic okay. because I have hope in the future of, of even in our political system. I have hope in a lot of different things, but yet there's a side of that that says, you know what, if our hearts don't change mm -hmm. and if we don't really get down to doing what we need to do as, as human beings, mm -hmm. what I see is not, is, is not worth anything if we collectively do not begin to change from within. Okay. All right. so, so I can afford to be optimistic in my lifetime. Okay. All right. Let me let me ask you all this. It, it, think a little more on this question now. Let's let's just take a look here a minute. Okay. This whole thing about what the world is going to look like ahead. Where does mankind really go? I think about this a lot, ladies. I I, I think about where does mankind go. What do I, I'm fascinated with what we look like a hundred years from now, two hundred years from now, five hundred years from now. I really am fascinated with that. And I wonder often about the kids that are being born right now. What life will they have 50, 100 years from now when many of us are not here? And what does that look like? You know, and we're, what did we accomplish? What did we do? Did we solve anything? Did life get worse? Did it get better? Now, if you wind the clock back right now and you bring it back, if we go back 100 years from the, the year 2018, Right, we would be we would be in 1918, correct, ladies? 
Mm-hmm. If we're in 1918 and we were, we, this process was done, this was cryonic suspension, and we were put in a frozen state minus 321 degrees Fahrenheit, yes? Yes. <laughs> and if they had done that back in 1918, now life, the quality of life wasn't phenomenal in 1918. I mean, there were no, there was no technology. There were no cars. There were no televisions. There were no communications. There were, it was a, a simpler life, but a, um, not as robust as what we're experiencing now in humankind. We've progressed so much in the past 100 years as far as civilization goes. It's amazing. Everybody agree with that? Mm. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, are we doing a spectacular job here? Probably not. As human beings, humankind, right? Have we progressed the agenda forward in some ways? But let me just stay on this one point for me, please. Let's, let's go down this path a moment. It's 1918. You're put into this frozen state, this cryonic suspension, minus 321 degrees Fahrenheit, because you had cancer, life-ending cancer. And you were put asleep just at the way life was at that point. Well, they now have the cure for your cancer. They wake you up out of that frozen state of suspension. And you now have a whole new world. You now see things you've never seen, never imagined, did not know they exist, could exist. What would that world look like? How would you take that inward to yourself and say, okay, this is better. This is unique. This is something I wanted to live for. This is what 100 years was. I mean, we're in 2018. Now, what happens in 2118? Do they wake up in 2118? If you're put to sleep right now with this suspension in 100 years from now in the year 2118 and you're woken up, what does the world look like then? How have we progressed? What does technology look like? What does the human race look like? Or what, Missy would say, what does the planet look like? What do we all look like? Hmm. Think about that a moment. Think back to the last time you felt healthy and energized. The best times of our lives occur when we're at the peak of our health, sleeping better, full of energy and focus. We know that fades with age, and you might be feeling the effects of aging as low energy and poor sleep. But it doesn't have to be that way. There haven't been any nutrition systems designed to rejuvenate our bodies as we get older until now. Healthy Cell Pro is the only multi-nutrient system that impacts the building block of your body, the cell. Created by anti-aging expert and Nobel Prize nominee, Dr. Vincent Giampapa, award-winning Healthy Cell Pro cuts through the complexity of nutrition supplements by simply giving you the purest ingredients, filling dietary gaps to nourish your cells and enhance your quality of life for optimal performance. Visit HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for an exclusive discount or call 844-869-9958. The Out Loud Perspective awaits you in life, love, politics, a healthy lifestyle, your faith, personal development, and living an out loud life on AmericaOutloud.com. Glitcher News and Entertainment Network, where you can listen 24-7 on our free apps on both Android and Apple. Welcome to the new era in communications, America Out Loud Talk Radio. All right, life, liberty, and the pursuit of pleasure with three of our favorite co-hosts today on the show here. Missy Crutchfield is here, Shauna Peters, Dr. Faye Wilson. And this is a great topic, friends. This is, this is like a great topic. I mean, this is something about, because it really makes you think. Now, listen, I just posed the question to you all before the pause. Like, 
1918, 2018, and 2118. What do we look like? Mm -hmm. Back to this frozen state. Cryonic, if you will put in the frozen state of suspension, minus 321 degrees Fahrenheit, because you had life-ending cancer. They now have the cure for cancer. They bring you back. So if you wake up today, haven't gone to sleep in 1918, what do you see, what does your mind say to yourself? Uh, Missy, take that just a second. From the, Keeping it in the conversation of the ballpark, don't bring... The, the planet's health into it. Let's stay with human beings for a moment, please. <laughs> and tell me, what do we Hi. look like? Yes, yeah, stay, on, stay on course here, please. What, what do we look like? What, do, what does it look like to you? So Missy Crutchfield is waking up from this life-ending cancer that she had 100 years ago. She wakes up today. What comes to your mind, Missy? I think if we if we woke up in the future, one of the one of the things that I do like about that idea in the future, I'm going to come right back, is that I don't think that there will be religion, not as we know it. So I think 100 years back to today, that the evolution, the higher consciousness, I think that would be very similar to what we'd go, wow, in the future, then the 100 year ago person would say, wow, wait a minute, this is, you know, because religion is coming out of the box, spirituality has been born, consciousness is is rising, and, and people are becoming aware of, just for a second, I'm going to say, our interconnectivity with the planet and each other and cultural connections. So I think that's that's the advancement of, yes, technology, but the human spirit. You think faith changes? Yeah. I, I think faith, faith is faith is is a consciousness. I think religion okay, okay. Uh, has changed. I think faith okay. becomes deeper. Let heightened. me ask you this. Let me ask you this simple question. Just answer this in the context of what what happens to Christianity? Is it still here? You know, I don't think Jesus was trying to create a religion. I, I think that religion is a... Is I a agree. Religion. Wow. So, finish that thought, Missy, please. That, that what? Jesus wasn't finished trying to create a religion. Go ahead. No, he was trying to expand consciousness. He was trying to raise mm -hmm. passion. He was trying mm -hmm. to bring love. He wasn't trying to create another religion. He had one. Hmm. Well, okay. All right. But I'm going to say, I completely agree with what you're saying right now, Missy. Um, However, I think that within in a hundred years, um, we will find ourselves in another cycle of religion, and it will look different. But there's this theory, which is very interesting, that the world goes through a cycle every five hundred years, right. and so it's a cycle of at the five hundred year point, everything breaks up, everything advances very quickly. There's advancements in consciousness. And then in the middle of that cycle, it moves into everything is very structured again. So our previous 500 years ago is the time of the Reformation when Protestantism, um, it wasn't called that yet at the start, somebody challenged the Catholic Church. And out of that came, I think, this advancement of um, consciousness, which now has progressed into what is Protestantism, which is now an organization which is becoming, to, in my mind, simply an organization. It is no longer that original conscious movement. And so I think that there will be another shift in consciousness, which is happening right now, but then it will organize itself just as it has done repeatedly in the past. Shauna, you are so smart. You know that, man? You come out <laughs> with some things sometimes that floor me. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Because... Uh, I, I really mean it. I've learned a couple of things from what you just say. Um, and I, I, you can't, it's hard. Dr. Faye, it's kind of hard to disagree with what's, or maybe you can, I don't know, been put on the table here. What do you think? Well, I see that religion as we've known it 
is changing. It's shifting. I know that. Yeah. And that the order yep. of things that has been for the past hundred years has totally shifted. In 1906, there was a great movement that broke out in Azusa, California. And it spread throughout the entire world where people were filled with the Holy Spirit. The fire of God fell. There was tremendous healings that were taking place. And no man was really trying to take the credit. But out of that came structure, just as Shauna said. Out of that came religion. Out of that came more churches. And buildings are the result of division. Denominationalism is the result of division. And I know that we are moving. I just don't believe this. I know this for I know this for truth mm -hmm. that we have moved already into a place that that is no longer uh, feeding the yeah. desire that people have, mm -hmm. that people are beginning to awaken, even yeah. within religion, they're desiring relationship yes. above the structure. And they're discovering some sacred text that has been there all along. But mm -hmm. for some reason, they've been blinded to it, that God doesn't live in a temple made with hands, mm -hmm. that we are the house of God, we're the resident of the Father. And so people are beginning to hear messages like that, Christ in us, the hope of glory. And so, uh, Missy is right. Jesus didn't come to build a religion. He came to show men the Father. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father, for I and the Father are one. People are so hungry now for truth. They're mm -hmm. no longer satisfied with sitting on the pews. Yeah. You, you can't mm -hmm. seduce them with the doctrines of men anymore. So they're crying out for something deeper. Yeah. And that deeper, that depth that they're crying out for is a true relationship with the Creator. However you call him, whatever you call his name, he does. God is not on an ego trip. He doesn't care if you say, hey, God, you know, he doesn't care. What he cares about is that people do recognize that they are not here alone. All right. God. Let me let me let me pick up Ooh, on a couple of things you, you say Dr. there. <laughs> so a couple of things on what you say there. The form of religion has always freaked me out. The, the way you just put this out there when you say, OK, this religion thing. And I think Sean even picked up on that, and then you've all kind of really, uh, you know, echoed this, is that it's become a living, breathing organism onto its own. It's become very organizational, very, very cliche, very, very powerful within itself, which is what I started seeing and experience as a young lad, actually. I mean, I grew up in the Protestant church. I grew up every Sunday there in Sunday school, and and... I just uh, was uncomfortable there. I wasn't comfortable there, Dr. Fay. Um, mm -hmm. I wasn't comfortable there because I, um, I detected too many things that left me uncomfortable in regards to the way people were and the way they interacted with each other and mm -hmm. the phoniness that beset uh, the conversation then. Mm -hmm. And it left mm -hmm. me not in a great taste for what religion was i these higher than mighty people who were in mm. church every sunday with that religion mm -hmm. started mm -hmm. to freak me out a little bit dr Faye. now anytime i bring this up in which i don't often bring it up now anymore many of my christian friends get really spooked and panicked now some say they understand what that means others you know think well how can you say that i mean because like church and religion is all there is isn't there <laughs> <laughs> It, it is 
it is not all there is, and people are beginning to realize that, and that it has been a separate world unto itself, and that's not what Jesus came to do. He said, go into the world, not become a separate world, mm-hmm. isolated from all people, mm-hmm. and it has closed this door, the tra- traditional religious sex, um institution. It's an institution. I can't even call it an organism, Malcolm, because it's not a living, breathing entity. It's dead. Mm-hmm. And so it has closed its doors to the people that Jesus came t- to this world to save. Mm-hmm. It has to- it has separated itself and said, you know, you qualify, you don't qualify, you're called, you're not. Mm-hmm. But God to love the world, the world that he gave his only begotten son. So that love that he has given us in our hearts is to go out and be shared with everybody everywhere. And that's not what the church is doing. Let me ask you this, one other thought here with all of you here. And and Missy, you probably, I've I've heard you say this, Shauna, you've said it. Uh, Almost everybody I know kind of says this, and they'll make this statement that says this. Well, back to your point of what religion will look like 100 years from now or faith or whatever it is, and back to this uh, entity, as we call it. And they always say, uh, well, whoever you worship, I don't really care who that is. You know, your higher being, whatever that is. Yeah, well, whatever that is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Got it, got it, got it, got it. That, you know, that, yeah, that thing. <laughs> whatever that thing is. Yeah, we like that. That's, oh, okay, then where are you going? I'm so I hear that a lot as sort of a, it's actually, I hear it in, like an extreme amount these days. Like it's okay to, yeah, whatever you're worshiping is good. That's it. You got it, kid. Something higher than you? Sure. Take my little Buddha statue and put that up on the fireplace mantle. And as long as I can see it, it's higher than me, then it must be okay. I must be going somewhere. Where the hell am I going? But I hear that all the time lately is, oh, he's got faith. He's got faith. He's worshiping, he's worshiping that, you know, that little burning bush down the road there. <laughs> I mean, but we think he's going somewhere. Why is that, that all of a sudden this faith God thing has become that whatever you worship it is fine, we know that you're going to be just fine. And then, in, and you're kind of saying that you're not and you are, but I get this kind of acceptance or allowance that it's okay that it's not God and it's not that God and it's not Jesus and it's not, it's not that line of Christianity, but that's okay. You can do this other thing and we think you'll get there. Now, does anybody know where the hell there is? <laughs> Well, you know, I can't exactly, I don't feel like I can answer that question, but I watched this really interesting documentary on Netflix lately. Morgan Freeman is hosting it, and there are six, uh, six shows so far, and each show is around one topic. So the first one actually is kind of on our topic today. It's about eternal life. And he goes to... Um, uh, certain points on the earth that you know are relevant to certain religions. He talks to different people, and he explores how different religions, currently and in the past, have encountered and um, tried to work with this issue of eternal life. So it's very interesting. To, so to me, when I look at this topic that we're um, talking about today, of course, people in the scientific field today are going to be interested in this issue. But to me, that doesn't mean they're necessarily going to solve that. People have tried over the millennia. Everyone's interested in it. Everybody's working toward, quote unquote, I want to put that in air quotes, solving that issue. Um, But we all come at it. There's been so many different ideas about it. and It's really interesting. But there's something about it that every single culture over time has picked up on. I think Shauna just hit on something is that it is the desire for eternal life 
That's why people are wanting to go through this frozen state so that they can prolong life when we all are living, breathing beings. We're not these bodies. We're spirit beings. We live in a body. And when we exit these bodies, we continue to live. There, mm-hmm. There is no such thing as death, actually. Mm-hmm. There is only a continuance of life, and it's the quality of life that you're looking, it's it's the state of life that you're looking to uh, continue once you exit these bodies. How you live in it now, it mm-hmm. determines how you're going to be living mm-hmm. in eternity. Mm-hmm. So it is mm-hmm. about etern- eternal life. I can't suddenly have a different quality of life just because I left my house. Mm-hmm. And so my body is my house. So whatever life I'm living now, that's the life I'll be living outside of the body. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say in my life, because my past, I lived with so much illness, so many issues on so many levels. It was like living in hell. And if I would have passed, I believe that's what my af- like the life after here would have been like. And I have taken responsibility for what was happening in my life and changed it. I no longer live with any type of diagnoses, any type of medication. Yeah. And, you know, I feel so joyful so much of the day. It's almost just amazing. I can't quite take it in yet how much my life has changed And I think just what Dr. Faye was saying, it is about how do you live your life here? Mm. Um, Taking responsibility for what's going on and saying, hey. Well, Shauna, you're you're on an acid trip. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good, is that, can there be a good acid trip? Is that possible, guys? I don't know. I mean, is that possible? But you, you are, you, you, I love the way you say that. Because, Missy, you were talking earlier, too, about, and you I know you live and breathe this, about living in the moment, right, Missy? Yes. Living in this moment of life. I want to focus on that in just a moment, because there's a real crux to this whole thing about living in the moment of life, of where we're at. Now, I, I want to, the real preface of this conversation, I, ladies, don't, don't let's not forget this. Living in the moment of life, whatever that is at this very moment, and immortality. Let's keep those two in our mind, okay? All right, right? As we move forward here, uh, mm-hmm. the moment and immortality. Sure. What does that really mm-hmm. mean? Missy, I just want to get your opinion on something. Uh, when it comes to Christianity and what it all looks like 100 years from now versus 100 years back and what have you, this little sermon I did a little bit ago here about the fact that everybody uses you know, some sort of level of faith as they answer to get to heaven. If we believe there is a heaven, we believe there is a hell or purgatory and that Jesus came here to save your sins. If we believe in this and in Christianity, I believe you're all, I think you, I, I could be wrong, but I think you're all Christians, I believe. I believe Christianity is what you all, although I could have it wrong, I don't know. Uh, Missy, tell me what that is. It, those who are believing in something else, other than God Almighty, like this God that we profess to know and love and who knows us back and loves us back. Where are those people going? Uh, well, I guess it still kind of connects to why you brought up the question about everyone is saying, 
anymore about well whatever your religion is whatever you believe whatever that there that I think people are are trying to get out of the box I really and I agree with that let's just torch the box and embrace spirituality and embrace whatever God is however I perceive we're all individuals in this world in a physical body experiencing God and spirituality in a physical world and so some people may be more drawn to and, and culturally born into certain religions and, 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 and thinking cultures, etc. So they're going to gravitate to that until they decide that they want to break out of it or go somewhere else, embrace something else. Um, I, you know, I, I agree with Arun Gandhi. People will ask him, are you Hindu? Are you Muslim? Are you? And he'll say yes to everyone. He believes in a higher being. He believes in a, a, a God and he doesn't want to put it in a box. And he sees God and, and goodness in all people. Okay. So all right. I, I believe that spirituality is, is the future. And when Shauna said that she believes that religion will be back based on 500 years ago, I understand what she's saying. I still don't necessarily think it's going to be religion. I think people are always going to find ways to attach control to anything, any opiates of the ma- any any way that there they can is. have power. That's it. You're 100% right because that's what human beings do. That's what we see in every cycle of life right now. Uh, and we see it in every circle uh, of life as well is that they attach power to whatever. You're so right with that. Mm-hmm. And it's these power trips that they're all on that really decimates the quality of life for everybody, really. It's sad, but it really is a human flaw. Dr. Mm-hmm. Faye, I, I, I need to circle back one moment because I still don't have an answer here. And I, I don't think anybody has an answer for what really... I love what Missy just said, absolutely, mm-hmm. uh, about the out-of-the-box thing and the spirituality and all of this. And I, I, I like it a lot. And I, I mean, she, that was a very graceful uh, response. And you have to acknowledge that and stand up and close. Mm-hmm. She knows what she's talking mm-hmm. about at the same time. And on the other hand, I would say, I, I think she's partly full of shit as well. Um, and so, you know, Malcolm, I mean, Malcolm. Yeah, let me, well, let me bring that to my head right now. So I really do. I really do. So let, let's talk about this other side, because I know everybody out there is wondering and listening as I am and saying, come on, come on, come on, get to the point, get to the point. All right. And so what is the point? So the point, Dr. Hay, is this. If she just says, well, Gandhi says, if you're Hindu or Muslim or, you know, atheist or agnostic or this or that, or you believe in a higher being or a statue or a fireplace or a light pole up the road, it's all good. You're going somewhere. But yet that's not what we, we're taught in Christianity, Dr. Faye. It's not what we're taught in church. It's not what we're taught as no. children. We're not taught that at all. Those people are going to hell. They're not going to heaven. There's no righteous way forward for those people. Now, you, you see where I'm at, don't you, Dr. Faye? I see where you're at. <laughs> All right, so now take a Every, moment for me, because this is important. Everybody's, okay. everybody's listening to this and wondering now, because I, I, I've accepted what Shauna and Missy have put there. You're the ordained minister on the show here today. Uh, mm-hmm. this, is, this, this problem has been on my mind for a while, and I don't know that you'll have an answer today for anybody or for anybody that's listening, but I think we're being fed a bunch of rubbish is what's happening here. My point to get to your point is that which is it? Is it that there is one path forward of Christianity that's going to get us to the golden gates and that's it? That's eternity? And is everything else, as we've been taught, taboo? No matter what Gandhi says or anybody else says, answer that question, can you? Or would you like to pass go and collect 200? (laughs) (laughs) I will ask the question, regardless of who you are and where you come from and what your religious beliefs may be, you must be born again. 
I believe that you must receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior Mm -hmm. because no man can get to the Father but by him. Mm -hmm. He paid a great price on that cross on Golgotha's Mm -hmm. hill. And he was crucified on the cross. I believe that as a Christian, as a believer, as a person of faith, ordained or not ordained minister, I believe in the blood sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's any way. I know there is no way around that. Mm -hmm. How we serve him and worship him out of our own individual relationship with him is up to us. Mm -hmm. I don't have to be in a building to do that. I don't have to be in a circle of people to do that. I can do that as a person because he's taught me that I don't know no person can stand between me and my relationship with him. This is a personal walk with God. All right. You did not let me down with your answer. Okay. You did not (laughs) let me down with your answer. There it is, folks. There it is. I expected Dr. Faye to give that kind of an answer. If she didn't, I would have been floored. I would have turned the mic out (laughs) off and left the room. Okay. I'd have been shocked, shocked. But there's a quandary here still, because you see, our dear friend and colleague, Missy, is under the idea that, well, you don't have to. That's, see, we were taught differently, Missy, in school, back to Sunday school. We were taught that if you didn't, what Dr. Faye just put out there, and she's very eloquent in the way she puts it out there, far better than I can be. But the point is, the point is that if you didn't have that one road forward, you weren't getting there, no matter what you want to worship or do or say. And no matter what Gandhi says or anybody else says, it's not getting you into heaven. And there is the problem of this whole immortality thing or eternity, as we call it. Yeah. And whatever that means in our souls and our spirits or our human life, whatever it is. So for those who are worshiping other things, whatever those other things may be, it doesn't sound like they have a bright future, Missy. I disagree. We'll get that response and she'll explain that right after the break. The goal is to deliver a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world to unite people from all backgrounds and beliefs in an effort to advance humanity. News blogs, informative podcasts, and entertaining videos. It's AmericaOutloud.com, where the conversation never ends. With 24-7 streaming on our free apps on both Android and Apple. Welcome to the new era in communications, America Out Loud Talk Radio. Immortality, friends. We're all striving to be bigger, better people, right? If you could live forever, if you could come back 100 years from now from a frozen state, would you? You know, I think you heard from our co-host today, Missy Crutchfield, Shauna Peters, Dr. Faye Wilson. They said, nah, they don't want any of that. They believe in the higher being. They're ready to take it on. They're ready for the eternity thing, but they don't want to come back 100 years from now. Want to know, what What do you think my answer would be, ladies? Would I come back? Do you think, what yeah. would I do? What, what would you do? What would, would you come, would you want to be frozen, first of all? And if you were frozen mm-hmm. and you came back 100 years from mm-hmm. now, Missy, Shauna, real quickly, do you think I would want to come back? Yeah, I do as well. My question okay. is, what color would you dye your hair then? Oh, I like it. I like it. <laughs> not pink like Taz's. That will not work for me. Uh, I uh, think that would call for a change. I don't know. Now, let me ask you this before I answer back. Ladies, why do you think I would want to come back 100 years from now? And why would I want to be put into a frozen state and do that? Do you have any idea? Well, I I think probably kind of like the reason Walt Disney didn't he do take off for the cryo. Great point. Um, I, I I think you're such a idea generator, and you just 
that would be a brand new opportunity to wake up and conquer another world. <laughs> yeah, it's like a final frontier, like or another frontier. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's it, that's it, yeah. Well, you both have it pegged right. Yes, I would definitely do the frozen state of 321 below, and I would definitely look forward to coming back 100 years from now or whenever they wake my ass up. <laughs> I'd be ready well, to jump up. here. Yeah, I'd be you've ready to do it. already come here from Pluto. So. Yeah, right? <laughs> exactly. See, I know all about frozen states. That's exactly, exactly. it, Shauna. I mean, it ain't too hot and warm on Pluto either, you know? So you know I can't <laughs> live in hell because the fire is not going to do well for me. Um, anyways, so yeah, I find it all a little interesting, and now, does that rock my faith? Does that say something, Dr. Faye, that I do, does that make me like I don't believe or something else? No, no, no okay. it doesn't. Okay, no. All right. Yeah, I find it kind of fascinating. Um, if I was put to sleep in 1918 uh, and came back now, it would be interesting to me. But I'll tell you, you'd wake up in a whole new world and you're, you would take a double look and you, you, it would take you time to adjust. I mean, there's no question about it. And I, I've read a lot of different things on this topic, and I wonder how we're going to be able to do this in the future if, you know, because we're starting to push the boundaries. Now, there are those who say we're pushing the boundaries beyond the means of how we should be pushing the boundaries. And, and you know, that comes up a lot, ladies. But it comes back with uh, when they did the uh, cloning business with the goat, you remember? Yeah. You know, the, the sheep, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Uh, they, that was a problem there, and um, and it continues to be sort of a problem uh, where we're questioning that, but I do find it very, very interesting. Missy, I yes. put the question out there before the pause again mm -hmm. about, because I, I... Christianity. Yeah, it, it was interesting because you are a different kind of believer. Yes. Uh, you are sort of a multicultural, gender neutral, uh, yeah. you know... Da 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 da. Box girl. Everything goes. There is no box. I'm gonna live it, do it, love it, be it. Hallelujah! <laughs> here I am. Take me. Take everybody else. We're all going forward here. So, what does all that mean, though? When when you were in Sunday school, I'm assuming you were in Sunday school at some point. Um, what time did, in Sunday school and in Sabbath school and in. So, Astros what did you learn, young lady? Temple. Did you learn that there was another way to heaven that we don't know about? Uh, no, when I was in Sunday school, no. And when I had my moments in fundamental religion, mm -hmm. there's a lot of security in fundamental religion. I think that's why it's really growing so much. But there's no there's no room for questions. You you have to believe this. You have to be in the box. You have to conform to and sign on to. And then you know you're part of it. You're accepted. But but don't dare question anything. So you know there's you that's where you learn all about fear and hell and and then when you buy into that, then your thoughts create your, your reality and everywhere you go, everything you look at gets filtered through that, that I'm afraid of, I have to do this so I won't go to hell instead of I want to do this because I'm a child of God. You know, I don't get caught up in the day-to-day -day thinking of hell. It, it doesn't really come to my mind because I know I'm not going to ever be there. No. Uh, so it doesn't, it's not something I dwell in by any stretch of the imagination because I'm doing God's work every day. So Ooh. I know there's only one place I'm going. And, uh, you know, and, and so I have no problem with coming back 100 years from now if it all works out or 200 years from now or whatever. I mean, I'd be a guinea pig for that probably. Listen, I love this article. I, I want to talk to you all about an express um, really, really interesting. Key to eternal life, ladies. Someone already born will live to 1,000 
and mm. Immortality is Possible. This was by John Austin, and he wrote it just about a year and a half ago. Very, very interesting piece. Uh, and this whole idea of living to a thousand. Dr. Fay, I, 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 I'm glad I just remembered to ask you this question that I woke up this morning saying to myself, when we do this show today, I must ask this question. In the Bible, in Genesis, you know, we know that they were living to seven, eight, nine hundred, a thousand years. I mean, this was pretty common and normal. Yeah. But then yeah. it all changed. And now, in, if you think back just, you know, 50 years back, you know, 75 years back, the average ex- expansion of life 100 years ago was probably in the 50-somethings. I mean, it wasn't real high. It's increased greatly over the last 100 mm-hmm. years. You know, it's, it's, we continue to build. Yeah. Now the average expectancy for women, I think, is about 80 or so, 80, 81, something like that. It ranges year to huh. year. And men is about a year and a half early because women drive men crazy. And so we, we generally check out a little <laughs> earlier. But that's pretty normal. I mean, come on. You know what I mean? So in any event, uh, what about this uh, this business It's mutual, here? Malcolm. It's mutual. Yeah, it's mutual. <laughs> but uh, why are you all living longer then? Don't give me that mutual. I mean, you drive us crazy, Missy Crutchfield. That's why we check out early. We say, well, just give us some peace. God, take me early, please. I want <laughs> out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Faye, talk to me on this $1,000. This $1,000. Uh, $1,000. $1,000. $1, yeah, yeah, tax, tax break, a tax break. Yeah, go ahead. Well, you know, well, when we look at Genesis, God did not create man to die. He created man to live forever in the garden. And it was because man's rebellion and disobedience that sin came in. And when sin came in, so did disease and death. Mm. And so men lived a long time. Adam lived like 930 years. The right. man who lived the longest was Methuselah, which was 969 years. So wow. to date, no one has met the thousand year mark. But when we look at God's intention for mankind, the desire to live forever is part of who we are. And so scientists have tapped into that. And my, my opinion is that science is just another study of discovering God. Hmm. And they're wow. using whatever tools they have available for that discovery. Because at the end of the day, all life does come from the giver of life, the creator of life. I love the way you just said that about science. That was cool, man. That's a, that's a quotable quote, you know. Uh, and the information we have on quantum physics, I mean, it just dovetails so beautifully exactly what Dr. Faye uh, speaks to, what she was saying. And I'm going to throw it in there, though, that um, I don't particularly, even though I do use Christian scripture in my life, I don't particularly believe in particularly the first half of Genesis as a literal book. And so when I sort of think about these, we're talking about people who live just certain years, um, I think about it differently than in actual, they lived actually 967 years. Um, I think it's referring to something different. I don't see it as a literal book, so I'm just going to toss that in there. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) To stir it up a little. Well, Genesis is like, uh, it's like a script, Dr. Faye, to a blockbuster movie. I mean, Mm -hmm. you're like, and it really is. It's like a scientifically futuristic, uh, crazy story. I mean, if you start Mm -hmm. from the Old Testament, hardly you make it forward because it does not sound practical at all. And I remember right. reading the Bible through when my mom had passed away some years ago. And I remember reading through, I start, you know, the Old Testament forward. And that's hard to do. That's really yeah, hard to is. do. 
right? It, it really is. Yeah. It really is. And, and I think our understanding of scripture is really based on our introduction to scripture. Mm-hmm. And we could, we're limited by our exposure. Mm-hmm. What I did personally in my life, I took what I had been taught and then I had to put that aside and go to God one-on-one and said, whatever you teach me, that is what I'll know. And so I I use the Bible. That's my foundational textbook. But there are so many other people with bright minds and inspiration who also have relationships with God. And I want to glean from those people as well. And I heard you ask Missy to expound on uh, the things that she was Mm -hmm. sharing Mm -hmm. about her her personal relationship, because that is so key to how we view life. Yeah. is what we've been exposed to. And, and I know, and I heard you, Missy, when you mentioned, you know, the fear and all of that. I've yeah. been to those, I've been to those churches and yeah. I don't go to those churches right. anymore. You right. know, so there are groups mm-hmm. that preach fear and you're going to hell. And you, you know, you know, who wants to hear that? The gospel is about the good news, about mm-hmm. building people up, healing the broken heart, bringing life to the captives and anything else. As far as I'm concerned, it is not the gospel. You know, Malcolm, I'm going to throw in another uh, Gandhi quote because he said to Christianity, because he went for for a minute or a moment, he looked at Christianity and he was so moved when he, he read and learned about the Sermon on the Mount. And he 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 contemplated converting to Christianity, and he said, in the end, he didn't do it because he said, I love your Christ. I just don't care for your Christians. They are so unlike <laughs> your Christ. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, hold on. Now, I, I wonder where he ended up. He, he, he was very, um, mm-hmm. you know, he was born a Hindu, but he really embraced all religions and God. And, and in the end, he, he, was, he was saying he was speaking God's name because he felt like where you are in your heart and your soul and your thoughts is what, where, where you carry it forward mm-hmm. in, your, in the afterlife, in the next life, in, in heaven, wherever. So he was speaking God's name in Hindu um, or in his however he pronounced it. I think he was saying Rama Rama. And uh, as he died, as he was dying, which I thought was really amazing. And and I think that we're all kind of hovering around that, that if you're living your life and you're embracing God, then you move forward wherever it is in the afterlife or tomorrow or in this present moment with God with you in love and compassion, not in fear, not living in hell, embracing yeah. life. Because fear is, fear is hell. Yes. Yeah, fear is exactly. Hell. That's good. That's that good. is yeah. exactly what I've come to. Yeah. When mm-hmm. when you die, uh, your your do we agree that your consciousness is no longer there? I mean, your consciousness is gone. Clearly, Doctor Fay, right? I mean, there's no consciousness there when you die. Do you think the people who have died already do they look down and see us all? I believe that we still live, and we still live somewhere in this space that we cannot see. We we that is is here, but we cannot physically see it. I believe that my my mom, my sister, I believe that they're angels on assignment. I believe that they continue yeah. to be lights. I yeah. believe that they're continuing, they're participating in my life or, or the life of someone else doing good. Mm-hmm. I don't think that you just leave these bodies and go float on a cloud someplace. I right. don't believe that. Right. I think we're too big, we're too great, and we're, we have so much in us. And that is the true us, the true self of ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's the one that you don't see every day. But so uh, the physical, so it's, it's the physical self you see, but the spiritual you don't. So that is the, the true self, the spirit self, and it's still alive and it's doing work, doing God's work. 
I think of it, Malcolm, in terms of energy, if you want to kind of boil exactly. it down to something, exactly. that it's the quality of the energy and the higher vibration or the lower vibration that carries you forward. And then from there, you either work up higher or lower. Right. <laughs> and we <laughs> anthropomorphize yeah. everything yeah. and turn God into a person and everything with a face and a human. You know, but God, I think we can agree, We nobody knows what God is. Nobody knows what exactly. heaven is. Nobody knows, but and and it may very well be very different based on our energy and and what we accumulate and what yeah. we do in the world that we carry forward with. But I like to think of it as energy and kind of a weight from there. If we lift, if we sink, yeah. it's up to us and our our That's actions. That's true. That's well said. But here's the message I want everybody to leave from this show: is to live in the moment. It was said already today from our co-host about the moment. There is something about this moment of time, of being the very best you that you can be. Be thankful for what you are, who you are. As I say to you all the time, this whole thing is a gift, no matter how you look at it. It really is a gift. But live in the moment. Do good. Reach out to people. Embrace the moment of time of where you're at right now. This, I think, is the key. And that's what I just love about all of this. I just love people I love the fact that we're here. We're able to do fabulous things. I've, I rejoice in this every single day. And this show keeps me on mark to do exactly that. This platform is, such, is full of so many lessons of life that it keeps me not just inspired, but in learning and being educated and being able to work with such incredible people around the globe. It doesn't get any better than that, friends. I hope you have a jump in your step today, and I hope you accomplish all your dreams. Missy Crutchfield, Shauna Peters, Dr. Faye Wilson. This is Malcolm Out Loud. To be continued, friends. 